Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. LMFM Sunday Sport. With thanks to the LMFM app. Download for free now and take us with you everywhere you go. You're very welcome back to LMFM Sunday Sport. Now, what a year it's been for Kilbride. I'm delighted to say I'm joined by goalkeeper and uh, DJ as well, Craig Manning. He might be, jump, <laughs> might be jumping over this side of the decks and manager Leo Turley. I had I had reached out, Leo, to uh, Paul Nestor to come in today, but his excuse was he was having his dinner. But uh, I, I, won't, uh, I won't give him too much stick. But uh, to be fair to him, I'm being a little bit economical with the truth. I think they're having an early Christmas dinner with the family, so we won't give Paul too much stick for that. But uh, no man to get between him and his dinner, I suppose. No, no, no. He's, um, he's getting uh, an organic turkey and a very special ham imported from Galway. Uh, the poor pig, um, anyway, passed away peacefully. So Paul would be well looked after, I'd say, in the Nestor household. I don't know if it's actually the Nestors or his good lady, uh, Emily, but wherever it is, I'm sure Paul enjoys dinner. Yeah, Paul, if you're listening, we do hope you, you enjoy your dinner and uh, don't, don't worry too much about it. The lads will cover you here. But like, what a year it's been, Leo. I was chatting to you on the pitch after the, the county final for Kilbride. And I mean... You know, this is 1960 since they won a junior. Obviously, there were senior championships um, after that and that run of seniors in the kind of 60s and into the 70s. But to, to win that junior championship this year meant a huge amount and, and you did it in style as well. Indeed, yeah. The the, the final... It Sometimes uh, you can have nail-biting finals where you can have a last-minute goal or controversy or something like that. But luckily, we were able to pull away and when you win a final by, I think it was eight, nine, ten points, whatever it was in the end... Uh, that was very satisfying. But yeah, to go back to your first point, David, yeah, the the season has been tremendous. We we set out at the start of the year. Uh, the old cliche, I suppose, take every game as it comes. But not really. I mean, we knew we had a good team. We knew we had a good panel. And uh, we, we set our sights on definitely getting to the knockout stage of the championship. And once we got there, we knew that certainly getting to a county final would be the ultimate aim. Uh, everything started off with the the pre-season cup the, which was the Talton Cup for the junior clubs we got to the final of that we got promoted out of the league and then we got to a county final so three competitions entered and we got to the finals in three of them Craig for yourself obviously uh, in between the six there what was the the biggest feeling at the beginning of the year, were you kind of, were you fairly confident of, of, of giving it a good rattle or what, what were you thinking? I think kind of every game we were going into we were we were confident enough like it's a great panel like it's, it's a young panel like got the Talton Cup final didn't go away got the league final another promotion and then just kind of thank the blessing it was third time lucky in the county final so 
delighted with that. Yeah, and like for yourself, um, again, I'm not sure your your particular background in terms of how long you've been playing with the with the squad, but you know the the team and the the age profile of the squad. Again, I was saying it to Leo on the pitch after the game, looking through the pen picks, like 19, 20, 21, 22. The 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 youngsters and the, the amount of young talent has come through all at all at the one time it seems in Kilbride. Obviously the underage work has been done is been done right. It's unreal, like it's class. Like I probably would have been a late bloomer, probably would have started didn't start playing until about eight or nine. I wasn't on that first crop in thousand and five when they started off. So it's just crazy the work that's been done throughout the years and it's finally paid off like. Mm. And Leo, looking back through the the fixtures over the course of the year, I mean you actually the team you, you finished the season with the win over Beachy in the first round of the championship, um, and not that they beat you well, two eleven or thirteen, but um, that you know losing your first your first game in any championship season in the group always adds. We've all been there where you lose your opening round game, and because for a variety of reasons, obviously straight away you're under pressure in the group, but because you're you've been training with a view to that opening round fixture, it can be a little bit deflating, not just the result in itself, but the way it can impact the rest of the year. So, what was the mood in the in the club after that first round defeat? Well. We had got to the league final a couple of weeks beforehand and you, you mentioned the age profile of the, the group and that has its difficulties as well because we now had a, we had a bunch of lads with two, three, with four guys doing the leave insert. So a lot of them missed training during the leave insert, whether they wanted to go to college or apprenticeships or whatever it might have been. We then had another few lads who decided, yeah, well, we're going on holidays after our leave insert. And even a few guys who weren't doing leaving service but finished up college decided, right, we're going to take some time out. So that age profile brought us difficulties in the sense that preparation probably for the first round was not as we would have hoped. Okay. We lost the league final to Bridget's and we were well beaten, but we had a very, um, we, we actually had to bring back a couple of guys who hadn't played in a few months. One guy hadn't played at all during the year uh, just to make up the numbers for that match. And then I think in the first five, seven minutes, two guys went off with hamstring injuries. And our injury profile had been good for the year, but then all of a sudden you're kind of going, right, let's just get through this game. Yeah. It doesn't matter whether we win it or not, we've got promotion. And then the Clannagale game was coming up pretty quickly. And in fairness to Clannagale, they'd come down from senior, or sorry, from intermediate. Yeah. Um, very mature team, good manager now McLaughlin, it was uh, it was going to be a challenge. And only for the man to the right of me here, Craig, who made, I'd say, two or three outstanding saves that night, um, to be honest, the scoreline could have been a hell of a lot worse. We started off without Conor McWheeney and Josh Harford that night, who had both been carrying injuries. Conor hadn't trained for two months. And uh, we brought them on with about 15 minutes. We just kind of said, right, let's roll the dice here and see what happens and pulled us right back into it. But then Clannagale just had enough of an edge to stay ahead of us. And that brought us on then to the next round, which was the St. Ultons up in Dundry. And that really was knockout football from there on. Yeah, and it was one twelve to one eleven as well. So it's always, uh, I see you're, 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 you're nodding your head there. You remember that one being so tight. But like, to to lose that first game, Craig, and you know you made a few saves yourself. Actually, before we get on to the second one and the, the rest of the campaign, your own we your own history as a keeper. We always a goalkeeper. Did you did you end up uh, slotting in there one day because somebody wasn't around? Or how did that work out? Probably the the last person to be picked. Go on, you go on goals. But ah uh, <laughs> oh no, it's kind of I've always been in goals, light position. It's look, 
can't beat it. <laughs> you know, making a save is just nearly better than scoring a goal. Like that's, that's how, the way I look at that's it. That's like, how you, you feel, know? yeah. Well, yeah. it's just as important, anyway, isn't it? And, yeah. in ter- and in terms of like the way the, the the games evolved, and we saw Stephen Cluxton getting his umpteenth all Saturday the other day. The kickouts have become such an important part of now. It's not just like when when I was playing, where it was like just boot it as far as you can to the midfielders and let yeah. everyone let everyone scrap for it. So is the, the the kickouts a big part of your game as well? This year definitely was like uh, no, you had Anthony Moyles there and Paul Nestor and Eamon as well. You know, it was just kind of this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna set up, get a game plan going, and everything that that what they done have worked out well and progressed really well with the kickouts this year. So did much delighted. did much change this year from last year? Uh it did. <laughs> I didn't play too much last year, uh, and then I kind of got me chance this year and took it fairly well. So yeah. delighted, yeah. And in terms of it, that second game, Leo, um, there's there's something particularly satisfying though about a one point win in the championship when you when you need it when you need a win. You know the the tension of a of a closing few minutes when you're hanging on, or maybe where you need to get a win and score. Um, it can almost do more for a team than, than winning comfortably but uh, maybe you'd probably as a manager prefer a comfortable win but that, that second round win over St. Dalton's like if you lose that game you're, you're probably gone uh, Very much so <clears throat> uh, At half time and Craig will probably mention it um, we, we basically said to the players this is it you've got 30 minutes uh, to save your championship it'll define you for the rest of the year and at the end of the game when the players come in and again Craig will say it that basically it did it was the it was the line in the sand that we needed and we were able to then build from there I mean Ultons threw everything at us they had a uh, shot again Craig made an incredible save during the the game they had a chance to equalise near the end free went wide it could easily have gone the other direction but that's that was the first rung of the ladder climbed. So then it was, right, here's something we can build on. And it gave the players that bit of belief that they probably needed. Again, going back to the age profile, sometimes it's it's the little victories that can really help you develop as the season goes on. Did that feel, did that feel like a big win, Craig, I that second round game? That second half, that 30 minutes, I think some of us just went to places where we've never gone to before and just, just grinded it out and... I think you'll if you ever seen the video of it, it's like the relief, like lads dropping the knees at that when that full time whistle went. It was like, right, we push on from here, and thankfully we did. Sounds like we need. It sounds like we need a little. Uh, I put my mic up. My help. It sounds like we need a little uh, highlight, really, or saves from the first two <laughs> rounds of the championship. Never mind anything else. But then you look through the rest of the, the rest of the group. You beat Sid and reasonably comfortably. The Dunsany game. That was a kind of a, a make or break as well. Again, when we say you lose your first game, Leo, the rest of them are nearly must win. But Dunsany, like perennial contenders, uh, probably the most unlucky club in the county to not have won a championship in the last number of years. They seem to be in the junior final every other year. But to come out come out of that one, 117 to 15 points again, guaranteeing your spot in the knockout stages, that was a, a big one for you as well. Well, I'll, I'll bring it back to the Sidden game. The Sidden end result, the scoreline looked like it was good, but we were up by five points. They clawed it back to a draw and then we pulled away again, I think, in the last 10 minutes of that game. I think it came from the belief we got from the Ultons game that once we pushed on, we started scoring points and, and again, we put up a good scoreline there. So we knew we had the forwards that would pull us out of the fire, shall we say. Bring us on to Dunsany. I mean, like you said, they're the team that everyone wants to beat in junior. Mm. Um, they've been around the block uh, my first year, they beat us up in the door, uh, beat us comfortably. And I mean, we knew what they were like. They, 
I think I'm not sure if they lost the final that year. Did they lose two finals in a row? I think yeah, they might have. Fair. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. And and finals they were never beaten out the gate. It was always no. kind of a couple of points here or there. Um, so we knew that we had to perform when we went to play them. And again, it was one of those. This is a marker. You win this, you're into a quarter final. That was all. That was what we told the players. You get another hour's football, and. Uh, that was the day. That was a Saturday afternoon, and it was twenty-seven degrees. Twenty. It was the hottest day of the right. year. It was. It was a savage day, and uh, within two weeks, then we're playing championship in freezing cold and wind and rain again. But that's Ireland for you. But that was definitely a game where I think the players showed uh, a little bit of maturity, uh, a lot of maturity, and then the most mature man on the the team, Anthony Barker, he got the goal. Anthony had number two in his back, but he got the goal and. Uh, he was that type of a player. That was the the player that you said was uh, 32 in the county final, but actually we've added another six uh. years onto him. So <laughs> Anthony's now uh, 39, I think, or 38, I think. That's what Anthony is. But he got a great goal that day, and it was, certainly gave us a good platform to, to push on and win that game. Absolutely. We're joined in the studio by Leo Turley, Kilroy manager and goalkeeper Craig Manning. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be back after that. You're welcome back to LMFM Sunday Sport. Uh, lads, great to have you in again, as I said earlier on. But... Um, when you look at the, the year as a whole, you know, you're into the quarterfinal stages of the championship and you're playing against uh, Moyla. 4-7 to 11 was the full-time score in that one. What was the, the sort of feeling around that game? Well, again, we spoke about the, the match against Dunsany being played in tropical heat. Well, we went into monsoon, uh, miserable weather uh, that night, wind and rain over in um, Courtown. Wasn't it in Courtown? Courtown, yeah. Courtown, yeah. And... Beautiful pitch, beautiful setup, but just the weather was horrendous. So we played with the wind the first half. Didn't play exceptionally well. I think we went in about two or three points up at half time. Uh, we then had to basically re- refocus. And we were very lucky that the two McWeenies, Connor and then Andrew, scored two goals in the first two attacks that we had against the wind in the second half, which pulled us up about nine or ten points. And then it was very much a case of hanging on. Moyla had been our kind of adversaries for the last three years since I came to Kilbride. We'd played them every year. We'd played them in league finals. We'd played them in the league. We played them in the championship. And uh, we were very lucky to get over them because, as you know yourself, they're, they're a great club. They're, they're keeping it going up there in a very small rural parish up in North Mead. And they have... Um, out, outdone themselves really the last couple of years I mean they've a great tradition yeah. but you know how they keep going with the numbers and all that fair credit to them mm. and uh, they really put it up to us in the last 15 minutes of that game and again Craig made one save that night and it just helped us get over the line that's a recurring team, Craig. I think is I I don't know if you've thrown Leo twenty quid or something in the way in the door here, but you're 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 making big saves in every match. But but that's you know you say you were saying earlier on earlier on you love making saves and it's, it's feels better than a goal. But you're it seems like you're making saves in most games at this stage. Yeah, I think you probably average probably about two saves a game, maybe. Yeah, but uh, are these all, are these all routine now? Routine saves are uh, uh, you know throwing yourself full length. Camera saves. <laughs> uh, look, as Roy Keane says, it's that's my job. You know, that's all I have to do. So and it. It's great. Like it's just, I never forget that Moila game. It was just like the conditions were just like mm. ridiculous. Breeze, kickouts, couldn't get it. Anton on them it was, but uh, no, thank God the two boys got the two goals. And 
goes over the line. Well, there's a little, there's a little segue since you mentioned it here, and we were chatting about it last week. What, what were your thoughts on this uh, new rule where the ball has to cross the forty-five meter line on a day like that? It might be difficult. Oh, sure. I think it was going forty-five meters up in the sky, not even distance wise. But ah, look, have to work with it. That's the way it's gone now, I suppose. Do what you have to do. And the, I suppose the thing, looking looking back through your fixtures, um, Leo, you know, you lost, you lost the first season. We said the Clonagall, you beat them in the final. You mentioned that defeat to Bridgets as well in the league final, was it? Um, you beat them in the semi final, so you're kind of you're you're gaining little uh, little scalps and little pieces of revenge along the way. Again, it's always a, an easy line to throw out there, and I'm sure it's not to be all and end all for teams. But there, I guess it does help the motivation a little bit to be to be able to use that as a manager. You look for anything you can, and to point to that defeat in the league and how you wanted to make up for it in the championship. I'm sure that was part of the conversation. Well, we played Bridget's the three seasons now that I've been with Kilbride, and we hadn't beaten them uh, for some strange reason. We've been in the league with Bridges for the last three years and we've played them away up in Malindacree on a Tuesday night in June or July for a 7.30 game. So Kilbride going to Malindacree is like uh, St. Mary's going to Malindacree. It's a two-day camel ride to get up there. Yeah, it's a long time. And um, every time we've gone up there, there have been high-scoring games, uh, good contests. So we knew we had to come all guns blazing for the game. Uh, played in Walterstown, again, another day where wind and rain, game of two halves, but we really played well in the second half against them. Uh, in particular, uh, Josh Harford had a, a monumental game that evening, or that morning, because it was on a morning, and I just, I just recall that every time the ball went to him, it stuck to him. Um, Bridget's in fairness, um, they put uh, Mikey Flood on uh, Connor McWheenie, but Connor was very clever in that he kind of stayed out of situations, yeah. which meant that Mike Flood was out of, he wasn't their key man, and in other games he would have been. So he was more focused on probably marking Connor, do you, do you which love, allowed us. Do you love to see that as a manager? Because I've, I've, I've seen that before where a, a key <clears throat> defender is put on a key forward, but if the forward just has the, the sort of the, the, set, the cleverness and the sense to pull out, let's say, just stand out in the wing for for ten minutes. You're taking, you know, you're taking one of the main defenders out in the middle. Like, it, it, I, I would have thought as an opposition coach, if that's ha- if that what if that's what happens, the forward is pulling my centre back or whoever out of the position. I, I'm going to just say right, abandon that plan, get him back in. But you must you must kind of like to see that when it when it happens and it works. Sure, and I mean, Connor's only eighteen years of age, nineteen years of age, eighteen. He's uh, he's a clever footballer. He's very talented. And uh, I suppose we, we had kind of earmarked him, go centre forward, go wing forward, play your own game. And he did. And uh, Mike Flood was out with a game. Uh, didn't have the influence that he probably had in other days. No, he probably played OK, but didn't have the influence that he probably has when he's playing centre back. Mm. And we just were able to get on top of them, especially in the second half. We built up a good lead. Um, I think... Craig, you didn't make any saves in that match. Maybe one, but nothing too spectacular. So it was one of those games where we got ahead, we held on, and uh, it was it was great satisfaction to get over the line and get into a county final. And Craig, the you know the build up to county finals, uh, I had the, the the good fortune to be involved in one many moons ago now. But it's it's always a special thing, especially for a small rural club that maybe aren't used to success. Yeah. Um, the build up to these games though can kind of can kind of sometimes maybe distract you from the from the game itself, but that didn't didn't appear to happen on this occasion. But the build up, 
you do have to enjoy it as well. Like, what was the what was the build up like for you? Oh, it was class. Like, like I've been in, played two B junior B finals, and it was the exact same as this one's. Like, the parish get the flags, the bunt, and now, you know, you're up to the clubhouse every day. People are looking at your training. Just two weeks of hard graft training, got it done, and just it was magical. It's just it just brought the parish like so much closer together. Like it's just with a smile on everyone's faces. It just. Cl- Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Well, well, the main thing I remember about our build up to the final was that every every night we train, we'd come back in afterwards to be a big table full of sandwiches, which never happened before. That was a little added bonus that we had, but it, it is always very special you know, to build up to a game like that. And obviously, going in to win it is is the main thing, and and you did that in style. But um, as I said there to, to Craig, you you have to you have to enjoy the build up to the game. You have to embrace it. The you know bumping into people out in the local area and having them chatting to you and talking about the game. You can't let it interfere with with your, your your mindset, but you have to embrace it and enjoy it because these these days don't come around very often. You have to make the best of them. That is so correct, and I mean I've been lucky um, as a manager. I've been involved with them a few times now, and one thing you have to do is let the club and the players really enjoy the build up to this. You don't let it go go out of hand, but you do let them enjoy it and. I think, and thankfully, we've a good committee there in Kilbride. Mick Fahardy, uh, Dennis O'Leary, Gard McWheeney, you know, O'Leary, McWheeney, the dads of the players. You know, there's a great uh, small community spirit there. They sorted everything out. After the Bridget's game, we sat down very quickly. We said, right, this is what we're going to do for the next two weeks. You organise whatever gear the lads are getting. You organise whatever food we're going to do on particular nights. A little bit like the sandwiches. Have something there for them every night. Yeah. We did a breakfast uh, the following weekend before it. We, you know, they got their gear on the, on the Saturday before it or Sunday morning before it. So it was all done so that the week coming into the game then was just total focus on football. Um, the Harfords, David and Claire, been incredible towards the team they've helped out in so many ways Claire's our right hand person and uh, she is just top class she's the team secretary she's my little sister she's the player's big sister mm. I won't say what she's mammy maybe you know so she's got Josh and, and uh, Keen's mam and she's brilliant she's Tommy Mann's daughter and Tommy would have been remember Tommy um, oh Mr Kilbride yeah. and I didn't really get I met Tommy a few times before he passed away, but I didn't really get to know him. Mm. And, you know, he was the heart and soul yeah. of the team. And I know for wherever he is, he was smiling and laughing and crying at the same time once the final whistle went in the final. And we'll we'll talk about that in a minute. But for all the people, the Donnellys, um, you know, it was hugely important for them. And mm. I saw it when I was in Blackhall many years ago for a small community, the GAA, like only two teams can get to the junior final, two yeah. to the intermediate, two to the senior. Only six teams can yeah. make, you know, 
the, the marquee finals, if, as you say, and it's hugely important. Mm. And it's the same in every county. I saw it when I was in Leash. I live in Kildare now. I see it, you know, and how huge it is for the community. And we were talking about it off air, that, that interview with Brian Duffy from Glide yesterday after they won, and, the, the you know, the, the passion and the... The enthusiasm and the love he had for it and how, you know, he said, I think his exact words were, it's, it's people say it's just a game of football, it's not. And he talked about the buzz that it brought to the area and how there are people that he hadn't seen at games all year that are turning out, you know, all that kind of stuff as well. Like, it's just a huge thing. But to, to look to the final itself then, um, as we said, Craig, it was like I was in at that game and it, was, it wasn't it was really ever in doubt. It, 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 once he got beyond a certain point, 217 to 110 was the full-time score, which is quite a turnaround from... 211 to 13 earlier in the year and you mentioned the extenuating circumstances around that game Leo but but Craig um, you know that final I guess you're never kind of sure until the full time whistle goes but when you had such a lead um, to be able to kind of enjoy those last few minutes um, yeah. it must have been must have been massive for you what, what, how do you remember the game as a whole? Do you know it's kind of just like a blur like it's you to think back about it and you'd be like kind of remembering things from it, but like it was just that last kind of 10 minutes when you're kind of like right keep the heads here now everything's going our way everything that could have went right did go right for us and I remember when that full time whistle went I, I didn't know what to do I think I went straight up to Shane McInerney and I was like so what's it like play intermediate thing we'll have a crack at it I, I was just looking up at all the lads they, the, they, they were in a huddle Shane say to that? he goes just give it a good rattle that's all <laughs> I got and then I just remember then just looking at all the lads in front of me and just the crowd the, the red and green all in the stand and park hall and it was just yeah it was nearly tear to the eye stuff like I think there was a tear shed like it was just insane and it, like you know days like that when you have you know the grandstand in Park Talton you're seeing all the flags all the colours probably nobody left back in the village everybody's there the noise the, the excitement and everything else and you know everyone growing up in, in Mead dreams of playing in Park Talton or more park in Leash or wherever it is in Conlitz Park whenever it's rebuilt in, in Kildare it's a huge thing to play in, in, in Park Talton and it's probably more common now than it would have been years ago with semi-finals and not get played there or whatever but it's still not that often that you get a chance to play there and to be there in front of your supporters with that crowd and with that noise and to, to win in, in such style I can I can well imagine there was a tear or two shed by oh. not just yourself but, <laughs> but everybody Yeah it was just it's class it was just so good like, I think like the last time I started in Park Talton was probably like under 16s was a summer shield God knows how long ago that was but uh, <laughs> yeah look just unbelievable just to get out there and put on a show and for the fans for, mm. just for the crowd for the parish basically it's just yeah. it was really really good like and, and Leo like we, we talked again as I say I spoke to you on the pitch after the game you've been through this multiple times now with, with, with multiple clubs and your love for it obviously is still there and your your off the sport and for, for working with teams Um yeah, what is it that, that keeps you coming back for more? Because you've been doing this a long time. We had the pleasure of talking to yourself and Paul at the beginning of the year, looking back on, on Black Hall's momentous win. What is it that, that keeps you coming back year after year for, for, for what could be conceived as a, or perceived to be a punishment for a lot of people, but you just seem to love it. And obviously you've had huge success as well. So there's something there's something there. I would say it's my wife just saying, get out of the house. I don't want to see you in here anymore. Get out. <laughs> but like Robbie in here before us, yeah. yeah oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I think, you know, first of all, when you're going to manage a team, you you have to look at the, the club you're going in to, see, to, to be associated with. And Kilbride, I had heard good vibes before I went in um, prior to 2000 that this was a club that were kind of on the up. They'd been in a couple of junior B finals. Unfortunately, their memories of Park Talton weren't great. They'd got well beaten, I think, in both of them by senior B 
B teams. So I think Rathope beat you in one and Dunboyne and, and Kells. So, you know, two senior clubs. I think the last match they played there against Rathote, Rathote had about four or five lads have gone on to win multiple Keegan Cups. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but we knew that there was, at that stage, it was four of them in with the Mead panel, a Mead minor panel. Ben Donnelly was on the Mead team, Andrew McWheeney, Timmy Farrell and Zach McGovern. We knew there was a couple, I knew there was a couple of lads coming along as well. And we just, I just said to myself, that's a, a talented bunch. So maybe we'll go and see what they're like. Also, it's only 20 minutes drive from home. It's, it's, it's an easy fit for me. And they were very accommodating. They had a new gym built. They had nice facilities. They're progressing along nicely. And I just said to myself, well, let's go. Now, obviously, COVID hits. Yeah. You go in at the start of COVID. You're going, what the hell are we going to do here? Now, good friend of mine, uh, Simon Sound Manager Gordon Ward. That year, Gordon helped me out at the start doing a lot of the strength and conditioning work. Right. And I'd say we did about 30 or 40 Zoom uh, fitness sessions right. with the lads. Okay. And uh, they, they were doing it all in their own home with kettlebells and weights and bands and everything else and Gordon was up in Kell somewhere and their boys were down in Kilbride uh, and that was the start of the journey uh, which ultimately after three years three seasons ended in success Absolutely it's incredible really how it all came together especially during that Covid time as you say we're going to take another quick commercial break we'll be back with more from Leo Turley and Craig Manning from Kilbride after this still joined in studio by Leo Turley and Craig Manning, the manager and goalkeeper, respectively, of uh, Kilbride. And I suppose, lads, looking to next year, you mentioned it earlier on there, Craig, that uh, Shane McInerney said you'd be you'd, you'd give it a rattle. I, I, I'm, not sure, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure Shane was in the mood for, for going no, into the I don't think he was. straight after losing the final, but fair play to you for asking him. But you're, I mean, it was something we set up in the press box. Brendan was there doing the commentary and I was chatting to Fergal Lynch and Davy Rispin and a few of the lads, and we all said... You know, Kilbride will give the intermediate a go go, and you won't be you won't be out of your depth. You won't struggle because you uh, you have an awful lot of young talent and an awful lot of pace and 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 plenty of determination and enthusiasm for the game as well. And you'd be wanting to go up and make it make a name for yourselves at intermediate level. Yeah, look, you know, we're going up there. We're not going up there just to make up numbers. You know, we're going in to compete, and I think we're playing a standard football now where we deserve and should be. And hopefully, now soon enough, probably go up to the senior ranks. And oh, senior, oh. Can, all the intermediate clubs will be pinning that one to the wall next year when they when they when they come up against Kilbride. But but to be fair, like that's I suppose Leo, that's the sort of ambition you you need to have. And why why settle for for sticking at intermediate and why not aim higher? Because I suppose the higher you aim, the the trajectory will be a bit higher, even if you don't quite make it. You know, so that's that's no harm either to have that ambition. Yeah, well, it's a little bit like uh, I've never climbed Mount Everest, but I'm sure you don't uh, jump straight to the top straight away. <laughs> Uh, you got to make your way to base camp and you've got to be able to do and acclimatise. And I probably that's what Kilbride will need to do next year. Mm. It, it's a good description of what we'll be aiming to do is acclimatise to intermediate. You might get very, very lucky. You might do a wolf tones on it. But to be honest, it'll be all about learning your trade again in a new competition. We go into the season next year, uh, three new competitions. Yeah. Uh, we go up in the league. So we're in Division 2 now. Whatever way Mead, uh, GAA decide to structure the leagues next year, who knows? I'm not sure if they're going to be the same, but we're going up to Division 2. And then we're into pre-season tournament, which is different to last year. So it'll be about learning how to play intermediate football, first of all, and baby steps again. Maybe within a couple of years, Kilbride might be in a position where they can challenge at the top table of intermediate. The history is obviously in Kilbride, you know, 
1960, they won a junior, or 62, whenever it was. 60, yeah, you're right. And then they won the intermediate in 62. So it took them a couple of years to learn their trade back then, and then we know what happened. They yeah. went on a, a stellar run for 10 years where they were the, the top dogs in Mead. Mm. That's probably not going to happen with the huge competitive nature of Mead club football, but certainly these players... Craig and all those players there can certainly progress as footballers. And that's your ultimate aim. Mm. You want to be the best in whatever competition you're in. And you'll be back at the helm next year? Yeah, I'm staying on with the lads for another year. So some lads will be absolutely delighted. Other lads will be going, oh no. But uh, yeah, we're staying on board. So uh, hopefully, you know, all things considered, I'm sure uh, the management team that we had in, in place, Eamon Miles, Anthony Miles and uh, Paul Nestor. I know the guys will, will take time out themselves, but sometimes you need to change and freshen things up the same way. Hopefully we might get a couple of younger guys coming up again and maybe one or two lads who stepped away in the last couple of years will come back. We we were unfortunate at the start of the year. Four guys, uh, three went to Australia. Ben Donnelly in the middle of the year, he headed off to America. He took up a, a rugby scholarship in Nebraska. Yeah. university in, in the Midwest in the USA and uh, you know Ben who would have played Mead Miners and Mead Under 20s was a top quality defender footballer so we missed him he missed out in the junior championship but Ben will be back in the club in two or three years time mm -hmm. once he's had his education and mm -hmm. everything else and we'll have other guys that want to come back and maybe one or two guys who might want to join the club who are living in the area or close by you know there's plenty of footballers around Dunboyne and Ashburn and Ratota might want to play intermediate football. So we're very welcoming. Nice way to finish things off there. Put the, <laughs> put the shout out out there for anyone who might want to be looking to, to play with Kilbride next year. Listen, uh, Craig Manning, goalkeeper, making saves every every other game, but he's saying things and getting you to the final and asking a bit of advice from Shane McInerney and Leo Turley, manager of Kilbride. It's been a great year. Probably one of the stories of the year, Kilbride's promotion back to the intermediate ranks after uh, so long way. Thanks so much, lads, for popping in. Thanks the, very best, much. the best of luck with the off-season and the, I'm sure the celebrations will continue a little <laughs> and he'll be back on the field in the new year. But thanks so much for popping thanks, in. David. Talk Cheers, David. LMFM Sunday Sport. With thanks to the LMFM app. Download for free now and take us with you everywhere you go.